Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, New York. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. I am here in New York City. Cue all of the uh, sirens and terrible noises <laughs> that you'll hear from outside. I actually had the most New York City experience on the way over here, which I will share with you in just a second. But first, could you subscribe to the show? Everybody who's been subscribing, thank you, thank you. Really appreciate it. But if you haven't already, pick up your phone, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, hit that subscribe button, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and also hit the bell so I can notify you when we have an interview or a video or an episode for you on Rumble. Hit subscribe. Also on Rumble, there is a red button that allows you to join the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. So highly encourage you to join there as well. Really appreciate everybody for subscribing. So on the way over here. And right now I'm sitting in the studios of The First TV. Thank you guys, by the way, at The First TV for allowing me to film my show here this week. They've been so gracious, so professional, so wonderful. All the guys on the crew, everyone behind the scenes. So thank you. I'm very appreciative of that. Um, On the drive over from the hotel, it's like, what, a 15-minute drive from where I'm staying. So I'm I'm in the backseat of a car and we have to drive through Times Square. We drive through Times Square and it's kind of at rush hour. I assume it's always rush hour here. But we drive, we're in this like six lane situation and all the traffic is stopped because there is a bride in the middle of the road. Just a bride, not a bridal party, a bride. There is one man behind her holding her train. I assume that he's perhaps the groom, although I'm not actually sure his his outfit was not, was not, didn't fully inform me of what his role was. And then there was a photographer that just darts out in the middle of our car, starts taking pictures, this photo shoot in the middle of Times Square, holding up traffic. Um, so I was kind of chuckling about that. And we go like another block. And then out the window on the left side, we see this ambulance that with lights on, siren on, and on the side of the road, we're, we're stopped again. So I'm like watching this scene unfold for like two and a half minutes. On the sidewalk, right at the edge of the street, there's a dead guy just a guy who died. And I I know when I, I've told this story like two or three times since I got here and everyone's like, well, how do you know he's dead? Maybe it was just, you know, a homeless person that needed care. Maybe it was someone that was cold. Maybe it was someone who overdosed on drugs. Um, I almost wish it were, but I'm pretty sure the guy was dead because when the paramedics, the paramedics weren't just arriving when we were sitting there, they were already there and they were like checking his pulse and then like stepping away and like shaking their heads. And they weren't, doing CPR or administering Narcan or whatever you would do if the guy was still alive. Um, Plus, not to be too graphic here, but he was like blue. So that means dead, right? I just felt like it was the most New York City. So then we experience ever. So then we get into the thick of Times Square. And of course, there's all these tourists, just packs and packs of tourists. Times Square is lit up like it's the middle of the day, even though it's after dark. But the tourists were not looking at everything. They weren't looking at the skyscrapers. They weren't looking at the billboards, the lights, the stores, everybody in Times Square, literally every person in Times Square was taking a selfie, a selfie with like the Kardashian billboards that are plastered everywhere around. So 15 minutes in the car, my full New York City experience for uh, 
you know, for this season, at least for this, for this fall, for this winter. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. So, um, but anyway, to the show, to the show, we have a lot to talk about on the show today. We're going to talk about, uh, former president Trump's comment about terminating parts of the constitution. This is another one of those things. Remember last week when I said that sometimes I get so annoyed about certain topics that we have to talk about that we have to sit here our valuable time and waste time talking about this. Well, this is another one of those scenarios, but we're going to break down exactly how to think about this, or at least I'm going to share with you how I, uh, my thought process on how, how, how you think about this, how you internalize this, how this affects us moving forward. We'll break that down. I also want to talk to you about the battle for RNC chair. So Ronna Romney McDaniel is the current RNC chair. She's been in that seat since 2017, but she has some challengers, several challengers. So we're going to talk about who is best. All of these different challengers will break down sort of the pros and cons, their weaknesses and strengths. Talk about who is best suited for this, how you can actually get involved. This is not something far distant from you just because you can't cast a vote directly. There is something that you can do to take part and you should. And I want to tell you about what I'm looking for in an RNC chair because this is the head of the Republican Party. This person is extremely influential in elections and the trajectory, the platform, the branding, the election strategy of our entire party apparatus at a national level. So it's critically important that we have someone who is competent. And I'm afraid our current leadership, Ronna Romney McDaniel, is not that. She is not competent. So let's dig into it. Okay, before we get to that, I want to talk to you quickly about ExpressVPN. You guys know I like ExpressVPN primarily because it keeps my family and my information safe when we are on the internet, which is important to me. Because when, when you go online, if you don't use a VPN service, then your internet service provider can see every website you visit. Think about what you do. You look at the news, you email someone, maybe your mom, you're, you're shopping. I was just shopping for toys for my daughter. And your internet service provider can not only snoop on what you're doing, they then legally sell your information without your consent to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. It's the epitome of creepy. But if you go online and you do use ExpressVPN, well, using the internet, if you'll indulge me in an analogy here, using the internet without ExpressVPN is like using the bathroom with the door open. Yeah, you wanna keep your business private. When you use ExpressVPN, internet service providers cannot see your online activity. Your identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server, and your data is also encrypted for maximum protection. It's so easy to use, you just fire up the app, you click one button, it works on all devices. I personally like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and our personal information safe when we are online. So join me, secure your online activity today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Liz today. If you use my URL, then you can get an extra three months free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Liz, expressvpn.com slash Liz. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Okay, so let's start the show today talking about former President Trump's comment on the Constitution. He posted this on his Truth Social uh, social media platform. And before we discuss the media reaction to this and the Democrats' response to this, 
I want to read word for word what Trump actually, I don't know what it's called when he posts on this. Is it called posting? Is it called, I'm not going to say truthing. That sounds so stupid. Um, but whatever, this is what he posted on Truth Social word for word. He said, quote, so with the revelation of a massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections, end quote. That's the exact quote, top to bottom. Now, what this was in reference to or what this was responding to was Elon Musk's release of the Twitter files, where he talked about in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election, how the Hunter Biden laptop story got censored, how it got blocked on Twitter to the point that you couldn't even DM the link to this New York Post piece about Hunter Biden's laptop without Twitter preventing you from doing that. And when Elon released these Twitter files, it showed that Biden's campaign in the lead up to the 2020 election, Biden wasn't president yet, but his campaign directly requested from Twitter that they remove certain posts that contained narratives that the Biden, the Biden campaign believed would hurt Biden's chances of winning the election. So the Twitter files are immensely important. It's really incredible that Elon Musk released this. I hope he continues to release more because you and I know that while this was the Biden campaign, it wasn't a government entity that was asking for censorship. It was the Democratic Party. It was Biden's team. And it didn't stop in January. It didn't stop after November. I guess you'd count him as a government entity once he's the president-elect. Of course it didn't. So there will be evidence of government using or government coercing private business, Twitter, to censor, to abridge the First Amendment right to free speech of citizens. And that's where a criminality can take place. Now, without the criminality, without the Biden campaign being an official apparatus of government, it's still indicative of corruption. It's still so immoral, so unethical, so wrong, so evil. It is exactly what Elon Musk painted it to be in the days leading up to this release. He said Twitter interfered in the election. That's a really, it's true. It's an accurate characterization. And it's tragic that so many people in our country on the left do not care. They want to use the apparatus of big tech in coordination with Democrats to actually stop free speech because they believe free speech is such a threat to their political agenda. So that's the backstory. That's what Trump was reacting to. His emotion is a valid emotion. He's correct in his analysis that it was massive deception, that it was it is a form of fraud, and that it does call into question whether the outcome of the 2020 presidential election was free and fair, whether people were manipulated, whether they were subject to propaganda. Of course it is. You and I talk about this all the time. We know that. So let's get to the problematic part. The problematic part is, of course, when he said a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Now, of course, this is bananas. This is a bananas thing to say. There, there's no doubt about that. It's, it's completely bananas. It's not true. I don't know anybody that believes this. In fact, I don't think Trump actually believes this because this is what he posted after. He said, the fake news is actually trying to convince the American people that I said I wanted to terminate the Constitution. 
Trump says, this is simply more disinformation and lies like Russia, 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 and all of their other hoaxes and scams. What I said was when there is a massive and widespread fraud and deception, as has been irrefutably proven in the 2020 presidential election, steps must be immediately taken to right the wrong. Only fools would disagree with that and accept stolen elections. Mega exclamation point, he said. Okay, so if we're being completely accurate in our analysis here, Trump's denial is not 100% accurate. He did in his first comment say that um, massive fraud of this type allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. So not sure exactly why he'd want to deny that, except for the fact that he didn't really mean it. It was an emotional outburst, which is why it's bananas to say. It's bananas to say, but here's my analysis. The left, meaning blue check marks on Twitter, the mainstream media, Democrat elected officials, all the way up to the Biden administration's White House, has issued condemnations of this, talking about how the Constitution is so important, how it's a bedrock of our uh, rule of law in our country. It's our founding document. And a little ironic to hear this from the left because they've spent the last, my entire lifetime, trying to subvert the Constitution. And that's actually where I get, where, where my focus ends up. When I walk through this thought process of, okay, was this a crazy thing to say? Certainly. Did he mean it? Probably not. His actions in when he was president never indicated that this was that he felt this way. Is the mainstream media a liar? Yes, they're a liar. They misrepresent. But truthfully, where I where I land on this is this is why I think all politicians are trash. This is why last week you and I talked about the fact that I literally hate all politicians. It doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat, they're all, they're all the worst the absolute worst. And this is exactly why, because we're forced to talk about a topic like this. But where I, where my thought process lands on this is it's rich coming from the Democrats, them claiming now that they care about the Constitution, trying to hack Trump for wanting to subvert the Constitution when his actions have never shown that to be um, an accurate thing. Even if it's a crazy thing to say that, yeah, makes us all want to be like, excuse me, what are you saying there, sir? What do you mean? Don't be saying that if you want our vote. But the Democrats have spent the last however many decades, my entire life and beyond, assaulting the Constitution. First, they told us that the Constitution is not, it's, it's, it's not settled, it's not, it's not literal. They told us it's a living document because they wanna change it. They want to interpret things that were written back then in a way that the founders obviously didn't intend it back then. But now if they, if they twist this definition into a living definition, then it can serve the Democrats' political agenda. Then when that didn't fully work, when people were like, nah, I, don't, I don't think that's true. I'm, I don't think that's what the founders intended. I think you're just trying to skirt the law by claiming that the Constitution's a living document when it's, it's not. So then they, they evolved their narrative into just claiming that the Constitution is outright racist. They said, well, the founders, what kind of credibility do these guys have? They were slave owners. They, they put the three-fifths compromise in the Constitution, which renders the entirety of the product completely illegitimate. And you know what? If the Constitution's illegitimate, well, would you look at that? So is the rest of the country. And then we got, you know, the mainstream media hopping on board, like the New York Times 1619 project. We had even academics, quote unquote, academics like Howard Zinn and his, his revisionist history of our country, trying to deconstruct the idea that our founding documents are worth preserving, that our founding documents should be the law of our land. And the Democrats don't just, don't just assault this in the hypothetical way. They're not just trying to use our current system to change our current system. They are actively trying to subvert our constitutionally protected rights. Think about them. Think about the First Amendment. What's in the First Amendment? Freedom of speech? 
Democrats want to get rid of that. They want to cancel us, censor us, and criminalize us, call us domestic terrorists and extremists, send the FBI after us. Freedom of religion? Nope, they don't, they don't, they don't want to do that either. They want to make it so that Christians or anybody really who adheres to the biblical definition of marriage as between one man and one woman, they want to make it so that those people really can't participate in the public sphere, that maybe your business. Isn't there a case in front of the Supreme Court right now? It was argued yesterday about, about uh, a woman who designs websites for a living, and the state of Colorado is trying to force her to design a website for a same-sex couple for their wedding, even though gay marriage violates her sincerely held religious beliefs. And the left is saying that she should be forced to do this or else put out of business. The left doesn't respect our freedom of religion. They don't respect our freedom of assembly. We're not allowed to, I mean, think about what they did to us in COVID, telling us that we weren't allowed to get together. We weren't allowed to go to church. We weren't allowed to get together in groups of more than six people. I mean, it's, it's awful. It's truly awful, awful. And then we go on to the second, that's just the first. The second amendment, the left wants to subvert that. They say, you know, the second amendment doesn't mean the right to bear arms. It means muskets. It means muskets, every, every other type of firearm, they say the founders didn't intend protection for that. Just militia, just government entities armed, not private citizens. Our Fourth Amendment, our Fourth Amendment, the, the Democrats want to do away with, and then think of their policies. DACA, the Obama administration knew that that was illegal. They knew that the president of the United States does not have the unilateral authority to just endow someone with citizenship. That has to be an act of Congress, but they did it anyway. And now we have Democrats who are bemoaning Roe v. Wade being overturned by the Supreme Court, even though Roe was an invented, quote unquote, right. It, it was not and is not and never shall be in the Constitution. It was invented by judicial activists on the Supreme Court. And of course, we have the unconstitutional weaponization of the FBI and the Department of Justice and the IRS against conservatives and Christians and, and people who voted for Donald Trump. And then, I mean, I can go on and on here. I have truly a billion examples of this, but the Biden's uh, student loan debt cancellation, Nancy Pelosi literally said last year that the president of the United States as the chief executive doesn't have the authority to just erase people's student loan debt. And yet what does Biden do in the lead up to the 2020 or the 2022 midterms? He declares that all this debt is just forgiven, that he can just erase it. Well, he knew that that was unconstitutional, but he did it anyway to try to get people to trick people into voting for him. These are the people, these Democrats are the people as they tell parents that they don't have dominion over their children. They're trying to subvert parental rights. They tell us that they care about the constitution. Get real, get real. If we are playing a comparison game and the game of politics is not an independent character analysis, it is always a lesser of two evils comparison than Donald Trump is way, way, way superior to any and every Democrat that I can think of across the entire country at every level. So don't pretend to me, Democrats, that you care about President Trump's bananas comment about the Constitution. Republicans will take care of that. You focus on your own people and your own efforts to actually subvert the Constitution. All right, but then we have to talk about Republican, if we're going to clean house in the Republican Party, if we're going to make sure that we have the opportunity to actually win elections, there are some things that we, you and I, have to do first. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about GenuCell. Now, if you want your skin to look years younger, 
Genucel skincare is the way to go. Awesome products. That, my friends, is a testimonial from April, who lives in Rockport, Illinois. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is that easy to look years younger with Genucel skincare. I invite you to celebrate the holidays a little early this year with Genucel's most popular package. I got a great deal for you, 70% off at genucel.com slash Liz. Treat yourself to the only skincare products you'll ever need, finally. Genucel is so confident you'll love your look. Every Genucel order has a 120-day money-back guarantee. For a limited time, every most popular package includes Genucel's Hyaluronic Acid Correcting Serum for free. Genucel has delighted happy customers for years by treating tens of millions of everyday skin problems like wrinkles, dark spots, dry skin, sagging jawline, facial redness, and even those annoying bags and puffiness for men and women just like you. And my personal favorite, my favorite product, is their immediate effects. Genucel guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or your money back if you order at genucel.com slash Liz. Your most popular package includes a complimentary gift set plus free express shipping. Genucel.com slash Liz. That's genucel.com slash Liz. Okay. So we know the Democrats are garbage. We know that most politicians are infuriating, but the Republican Party has to face the reality that after the 2022 midterm elections, we are faced with this situation where we own public opinion on many of the hot button issues. The hot button issues being critical race theory, queer theory in schools, that's the transgender ideology, parental rights, inflation, gas prices. These are the issues, crime. These are the issues that people in our country, actually regardless of political party, both Democrats and Republicans, care about. And in the lead up to the 2022 elections, Republicans on these topics were winning popular opinion. Meaning the polls showed that on these issues, people preferred the Republican candidates. So you have that going into voting day 2022. You also have, I think it was a CNN poll. If it wasn't CNN, it was CNBC. It was some, it was some left-leaning mainstream media organization who conducted an exit poll on election day and found that over 70% of voters expressed that they were dissatisfied or outraged about what Joe Biden has done to our country and to our families in the two years since he's been in office. And so those two things, the fact that we, the Republicans, won on public opinion, plus this extreme dissatisfaction and discontent with what Biden has done to our country, it's almost impossible to marry that combination with the outcome of the 2022 midterm elections. The fact that we didn't see the red tsunami that so many of us were hoping for that thought would happen. Yes, we won the House of Representatives. We gained nine seats. We now have the same majority margin that Nancy Pelosi had when she took over her speakership. That's great. That should serve as a bulwark against the legislative agenda of the Democratic Party. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the Senate right now. We don't have the presidency. So there's only so much that we can do in the House. Hopefully, the Republicans elected in the House understand the mandate. I hate that word, but it is apropos here. Understand the mandate from the voters and investigate the corruption that the Democrats have been trafficking in for the last decades. But this this is sort of the situation that we have where Republicans are facing this weird scenario where even though we won public opinion and people don't like Biden, we didn't win. And the reason that that happened 
is partially due to electioneering. And just so you know, I always have to do this little caveat. This is, YouTube's not going to let me talk about this, but it's really important that we hear this. So if you are watching this on YouTube, go over to Rumble. It's just rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. You can watch it for the rest of it for free. We probably will have to beep this out because they will ding me for disinformation when it's not. Here's why this is really important. Because there's a difference between outright fraud and electioneering. Outright fraud, you and I might think of someone walking into a polling location and pretending to be someone else, casting a vote in their name, just outright fraud and walking out. Electioneering is a little bit different than that. It is fraudulent, but it's not the outright fraud because it takes valid voters and makes their votes the way that they vote, which should render their vote invalid, but makes those votes valid. So the obvious example here is drop boxes or early voting, universal mail-in ballots. All of these things allow people who have a right to vote to vote in a way that should not be a legal way to vote. And so for some reason, this is not a difficult concept, right? You and I understand this, this differentiation, and this distinction is extremely important, but this has been so difficult for Republicans, elected officials, and the Republican apparatus to describe. We have people on kind of two ends of this spectrum where you have um, people who are talking about election integrity who maybe not exaggerate, but they don't characterize it correctly. They characterize it as this, this this massive fraud without describing the nuance of what the fraudulent behavior is. And then you have the extreme other side that because there's not like tangible proof of this massive widespread outright fraud they dismiss any fraudulent behavior that happened during the 2020 election. And the fraudulent behavior was the rule changes that happened in state and local elections by state and local officials and actors who didn't have the authority to change those state and local rules and procedures that then allowed all of these valid voters to cast their ballot in a way that otherwise shouldn't have been a valid ballot. So the RNC should be playing a pivotal role in this. The RNC chair should be the leader in this effort. There is, there is something that congressional Republicans or elected officials can do. They can hold hearings, they can investigate. But truthfully, the role of making sure that our elections are secured should fall on the RNC. And the RNC has not done this adequately. In fact, Ronna Romney McDaniels, I would argue, has failed. And I'm going to tell you why in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about rocket money. If you're anything like me, do you waste money on monthly subscriptions? I plead guilty to this. I, for example, have HBO Max that I can't remember the last time I turned on. I always intend to watch Friends or something else. Never do, yet I pay for it month after month. And I know you're like me because we have statistics. 80% of people have subscriptions that they forget about. Maybe for you, it's Amazon Prime or Hulu, whatever it is. But let me introduce you to this great app that I use that helps me track all of my expenses. And because of it, I no longer waste money on subscriptions that I don't even use. You might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money. I used to talk about it. It used to be called Truebill. We've talked about it on the show for a while, but it's changed names. It's now called Rocket Money. Rocket Money, this app, shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want. They cancel it for you. They can even, Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you don't, didn't know you were paying for. You may even find that you have been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, 
and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So join me, cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash Liz. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash Liz. So the RNC should be in charge of making sure that our election procedures are secure and playing defense against the efforts by the left to subvert the procedure, the process of our election. Because this is what's so sneaky about the left, is they can point to these voters and say, well, this is a valid voter. You don't want to disenfranchise this person's vote. And it makes it difficult to have this tweet or this soundbite for Republican politicians to explain, well, no, we don't want to disenfranchise this person. We don't want to not count valid votes. But you have made the rules so much broader that people are voting in a way that didn't used to be a legal way to vote, even if they are legal voters. And so the RNC chair, Ronna Romney McDaniel, she has sat in this, in this seat since 2017. And I know what her defense is. Her defense is, oh, I've spent, the RNC spent $30 million on, you know, on what, 73 lawsuits? 70, not, they've spent 30 million on election integrity. They've sued 73 different times over election integrity. But honestly, I don't care about intent. I don't care about the amount of money that you spent on this. I care about results. If you've been in this seat since 2017, we need to see the tangible results, and we haven't. In fact, 2022 was a real was a wake-up call for me where I realized that if we do not adequately secure our elections, then it doesn't matter what kind of candidate we run. It doesn't matter what kind of platform we use, we offer to voters we are going to continue to lose if we are playing by rules that have been rigged by the left. And so Ronna Romney McDaniel is being challenged. We're about to have a new election in the RNC, the Republican National Committee, in January. There'll be an election for this RNC seat. This happens, um, this happens 168 members, committee members of the RNC get together and vote on who they want to be the chair. And Ronna Romney McDaniel has some challengers in this coming election. And I say this smiling because this is exactly what we need to do. We need someone at the RNC who is the equivalent of Elon at Twitter. Just come in and weed out the crap. Come in and drain this swamp. Get rid of, the, get rid of all this corruption and this waste and this establishment squishiness and actually know how to fix. Because that's the other thing. It's hard to sit here and say, okay, well, you must just be a squish. I don't know. Maybe you're just incompetent. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me. Incompetent, ideologically squishy, the end result is the same. You're not taking care of the problem. So Ronna Romney McDaniel is being challenged by a couple of people. Lee Zeldin, who ran unsuccessfully, but a very admirable campaign for governor of New York. Lee Zeldin is considering a run for RNC chair. He has not yet announced. Here's my take on Lee Zeldin. I think he'd be good. I think he'd be better than Ronna Romney McDaniel because I don't think that that's a high bar to cross. However. However, I say this with all due respect. I say this in a friendly way. I say this as a challenge to him. I don't know that he was the most stalwart culture warrior when he was in the House. I think he can be. I think he'd be a great governor of New York, but I don't know. I would need to sit down and have a conversation and ask him some specific questions about certain areas of corruption and how he's going to fix that before I could fully get behind the idea that he would actually clean house at the RNC. He's option number one. Option number two, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy. He said he's going to launch a long shot bid for RNC chair. 
And I'm kind of chuckling because he's not going to win. I don't know that he's like a realistic candidate. Maybe he, maybe he's like the Marianne Williamson of this, of this RNC chair race. But the most realistic and probably my favorite candidate at this point, although what do I say about politicians? I don't like any of them. You got to earn my vote every single time. I put no one on a pedestal. Harmeet Dillon, the attorney, Harmeet Dillon is, she's also an RNC uh, committee member from California. She is going to launch a bid against Ronna Romney McDaniel. And from what I have seen of her, I think that she would be well-suited for this. And I say this, you, you might hear the little bit of hesitation in my voice, and here's why. Because when someone is so good at their current job, as Harmeet is, I mean, she, she runs the Dillon Law Firm, and she is the legal bulwark in our nation against the left's legal abuse. She does phenomenal things with her legal expertise. And in a sense, I hate to see her leave that, because if she leaves that, hopefully she'll leave an apparatus in place that would still operate along her mission. Perhaps she'd still be involved in it, but I hate to see her leave that. So my only hesitation is you are doing such an important critical job that not many people can do. I almost hate to see you be promoted out of that position, but I understand in the larger picture that what she does, the legal defense she does, isn't going to be possible if the left completely subverts our country. So perhaps it is time to move up to RNC chair. And the reason I say this, that, that I think that she is the best fit for this, is because maybe you're tired of hearing me say this. I say this almost on a daily basis, right? If we do not recognize and acknowledge the reality of the political enemy that we are facing, then we will not fight back against it well. We will not win. And Harmie Dillon has demonstrated through her actions that she understands that we are not facing good faith Democrats. We are not facing, you know, the party of Bill Clinton. We are not facing people who agree on fundamental principles. We are facing Marxists, people who hate our country, people who want to tear down our rule of law, people who want to impose socialism on us, people who hate freedom, and people who hate us. And Harmeet Dillon understands this. So back up for a second. What is, what is the role of the RNC? We have, to just, we have to discuss this briefly. The role of the RNC, they sort of have four, when I say four primary things, they have four buckets of purpose, four mission buckets. They're supposed to be the platform of the Republican Party. So, I mean, that's sort of self-explanatory, but any Republican politician who signs on to the Republican brand is supposed to be in line with the platform of the party. That is supposed to be administered by the RNC. They're also supposed to brand the Republican Party, and I'm absolutely laughing here because if Republicans have ever done anything poorly, it's brand the Republican Party and allow the Democrats to co-op our branding. The RNC is also responsible for a large amount of fundraising. This is a critical function of the RNC to help candidates get elected. And of course, election strategy. So these four things, these four pillars of the RNC are pretty important, pretty important. And what I want to do tonight is, or what I want to do today is just talk to you about what questions I think you and I should ask of these candidates who, who want our support for chair of the RNC. Here are, some of the here are some of the questions that I have. So when it comes to election strategy, there needs to be serious acknowledgement of the electioneering that happened in the 2020 election. Um, I have a lot of questions about what exactly is going to be done about the electioneering. And my primary question is not even how do you fix this? My primary question is, do we 
Meaning, do we, the voters, agree with you, this potential RNC chair, do we actually agree that there was a problem? Does Harmeet Dillon, does Lee Zelton, does whoever it might be, do they agree that the Democrats rigged the election? And if so, I want them to explain to me exactly what happened. Because if you can't explain to me the difference between fraud and fraudulent, if you can't explain to me exactly what happened and who committed these wrongdoings or even sometimes subverted the law, then you're not gonna be able to fix it because you have to know, you have to tangibly be able to grasp onto a problem before you can discuss a solution to that problem. So my first question is, explain to me exactly what happened in the 2020 election. Explain to me the electioneering that led to Republicans losing the 2022 midterm elections. That's my first question. By the way, the answer that I'm looking for, the answer that I'm looking for has to do um, with the Wisconsin Supreme Court. It's a pretty good case study. They saw a lawsuit to completion where they ruled that when the Wisconsin voting apparatus, these are local precincts, allowed unmanned drop boxes, ballot drop boxes around the clock when they sent out universal mail-in ballots, that that was against the provisions of the Wisconsin Constitution. And the Wisconsin Supreme Court said not only was that wrong, if it happens again, then the election would be invalid. I want something as cut and dry from a potential RNC chair as the Wisconsin Supreme Court gave us about what happened in Wisconsin in 2020. That's the first thing. The second thing is part of this electioneering that I'm discussing is the early voting apparatus that the left has built. So historically, we've had one voting day. You go in, you cast your ballot on voting day, that's election day. We allow for people who are ill or traveling or disabled or maybe deployed in the military, we allow people to have absentee ballots, which is fair. I completely support this. When, when I was ill, when I was seriously ill, I had an autoimmune disease in high school. I utilized this. It's a good thing. If, if you request an absentee ballot and they verify your signatures. But what the left has done is they've turned election day into election season with early voting and with universal mail-in ballots in the 2020 elections, it was only a quarter of voters who actually voted in person on election day, a quarter. The other three quarters were either early votes or mail-in ballots. So the Democrats have completely upended our election traditions here. And I understand and agree with the Republican platform that we should change election season back to election day, but, where Republicans have gone wrong on this topic is they have ignored the fact that election season is reality right now. It is what we have right now while they're fighting for election day. And this is a huge mistake. So while we as Republicans have remained focused on just condemning election season in favor of election day, the Democrats have built up this incredible early voting apparatus where they can target demographics of people who they believe will be Democratic voters. So what I wanna hear from the Republican chair, the Republican National Committee chair, is that we Republicans will still fight to change election season back to election day and restore our election tradition in this country. At the same time, while election season exists, we're not just gonna surrender that to the left. We are going to build our own election season apparatus to compete with the Democrats while we try to change the rules back to fairer and freer election rules. That's the second thing that I wanna hear from a potential RNC chair. The third thing is the staffing for Republican politicians. 
There's a joke on Capitol Hill oftentimes that you go into a Democrat congressman or senator's office and the staff that surrounds them always are more far left than they are. They try to pull the Democrat politician more to the left. And you go into a Republican politician, a, a congressman or a senator's office, and their staff also tries to pull them to the left. Instead of it being pulling to the right, all of the staff on Capitol Hill is leftist. Some are Republican, but they're like squishy establishment Republicans. The RNC needs to take a larger role in educating and cultivating and helping incoming politicians, incoming Congress members and senators staff their offices with, with properly oriented, I want to say properly catechized, this is my Catholic coming out in me, properly catechized staffers, catechized in the Constitution and rule of law and Edmund Burkean idea of ordered liberty. But these, these staffers who can actually, who are actually interested in fighting the fight, fighting the culture war instead of Republican squishes. And I want to hear a plan for that from the RNC. I also want to hear from a potential RNC chair the process for picking candidates. How do you pick a candidate? How do you recruit candidates? How do you support, how do you choose which candidates you support? How do you train candidates? Because the truth of the matter is, is the Republican Party hasn't been the best at picking candidates who have that fire in their belly to fight the culture war, to engage in uncomfortable discussions, to stand their principles in the face of backlash, and we need that. Which brings me to my next question, and that is, describe to me, I want the potential RNC chair to describe to me, what is the culture war? What does it mean to fight the culture war? Name some topics that you believe are the most important in the culture war. I wanna hear from the lips of the potential RNC chair, what exactly the Republican Party as a whole is going to do to fight the culture war. Because I don't want to be part of a Republican Party that's just like, oh, economics, jobs, taxes, foreign policy, we'll just leave the other stuff, we'll be libertarian. No, no. We've tried that for the last 30 years and it has failed. It is time to fight the culture war before it's too late, before we're not allowed to fight this. And then finally, one of the biggest responsibilities of the RNC is branding branding Republicans. And something that you and I discussed right after the 2022 elections was how we overlook, I think, sometimes how difficult it is for these proverbial centrist independent voters to change their vote from Democrat to Republican, right? Like you and I sit here and think, oh, well, people's gas prices are high. They have, their inflation is through the roof. It should be easy for them to just switch and vote for a Republican candidate who's promising them that they're going to be able to make ends meet and keep a job. I don't think that that's an accurate view of how difficult it is for people to change their vote. And the reason for that is even if a voter is not ideologically far left, even if they're not some like hardcore generational Democrat or a Marxist, the popular culture, Hollywood and Democrat politicians and the mainstream media, basically everything that the American people are inundated with have vilified and demonized the word Republican to the point that it's actually been effective. That's been effective propaganda. The American people have been turned against the Republican brand because when they think of, well, what is a Republican? They think of what Hollywood and the mainstream media and Democrat politicians and social media have been telling them. They think of bigoted, hateful people, religious, religious curmudgeons. They think of you know, taking women back to the 1950s, and I can't even think of all the terrible, all the terrible Democrat talking points, how they vilify us. But people believe that. And so it's hard for them to join, even by a vote, to join in with a party that they kind of believe are bad people. And the RNC needs to take that seriously. The RNC needs to 
not assume that people can easily change their votes. They need to understand that human nature requires some counter information, requires that we reach out and say, hey, it's okay if you change votes. Parties change. People change. Maybe this is how we best serve you. We'd love for you to join us. Instead of assuming that people are going to see that for themselves and just ignore the Democrats' vilification campaign against the Republican Party. That's what I think the next RNC chair, these are all the things the RNC chair needs to address in order to clean house at the RNC and to make the Republican Party apparatus successful to set us up for success in the next election. Otherwise, I don't know, we're just going to face the same situation again where maybe we win public opinion, maybe we have good candidates, maybe the current president sucks, but we're still going to lose because we haven't done all of these things. The good news here, the good news here is that while this vote happens at the hands of the 168 committee members of the RNC and not us directly, we actually have an impact here. I can tell you what I'm going to do. I, I encourage you to do this too. If you go to, I'll put the website in the description for this video. I'll post it on Locals as well and on Twitter. But if you go to gop.com slash about dash our dash party slash RNC slash members. Yes, I know. You, you, I dictated that and you wrote it down word for word, right? I knew it. I will post this link. Don't worry. You can see who the RNC committee members are from your state. There's going to be three committee members from your state. And you can contact them either on Twitter or you can contact your state party to get the email address of the RNC committee member from your state. And you can tell them who you'd like them to vote for in the RNC chair election that's coming up in January. I know that that, that Romney Ron, or, uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel is claiming that she has 100 votes in the bag already, but let me tell you, that's not true. Many of these members were actually tricked into signing, kind of tricked, um, coerced, I should say, into signing a letter saying that they would support her, but they didn't really know what the what the race was going to be. Um, and they are not solidly in her in her court here. So basically what I'm saying is your voice has influence in these elections. So contact your RNC committee member, um, all three of them from your state and tell them as a member of the Republican Party in your state, this is who you want to be RNC chair. And I promise you it will make a difference. Again, I will post this link. It's gop.com slash about our party slash RNC members to find your members. Then you contact at the state level your Republican Party to get the contact information of these individuals. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write to mine and I'm going to tell them, listen, you got to kick Ronna Romney McDaniel out. And at this point, at this point, I am greatly leaning towards Harmeet Dillon. Although, like I said, I require some answers to some questions first. Um, okay. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.